Welcome to Financial Planning Explained, and I'm your host, Mike Menninger, Certified Financial Planner, owner and founder of Menninger & Associates Financial Planning. Uh, I'm pleased to, to have this week in our episode dovetailing from last week when I had Sean Montague, uh, Engineering Director at Merck. Um, he was my uh, guest last week. This week I have Bob Matchy, who's a principal at Rentec LLC. And I think there's a lot of uh, dovetailing that we can do that goes from what uh, Sean does over at Merck to what Bob does. And so today, Bob, welcome to my show. Thank you very much. Thank for you very coming. much for having me, Mike. It's a pleasure uh, to be here. Bob, tell me a little bit about what you do and then we'll kind of just pivot and go from there. Sure, sure. I'm a, a pharmaceutical consultant and uh, Remtech LLC provides technical solutions for clients that are in regulated environments. And we typically bucket that in three categories. Uh, we work in the project management arena, arena where we work with capital projects, manage scope, schedule cost, uh, integration of the work. Uh, we work in the technical services area where we provide solutions uh, to clients that uh, have an operational need to maybe grow their product, maybe transfer it from one location to another, maybe optimize it, maybe work on ergonomics, safety, uh, those particular areas. And then we also uh, provide some consultancy in the regulatory and quality space where uh, we work with clients to um, you know, better, get a better, stronger compliance position as you know, being and working in the FDA regulated or EU or other environments. So that sounded very technical. So give me an example of a project that you've worked on that did some of the things that you just said. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased to say that we still have our first client uh, work with us, still do a lot of work with Excellent. them. I think we're on project 13 or 14. And that started out, it was a medical device project. And uh, that started out where we were going to completely revamp it and go to uh, you know, a different generation of it because there was some issues that needed to be managed uh, you know, with, the, with the current product. And that's very common in the, in the industry. Uh, with that, um, I got the opportunity to work then uh, on, on increasing the production of that product. And through working with um, uh, the, the assembler and working with the uh, uh, device manufacturing component manufacturer, is able to increase uh, the delivery of, to market from 9% to 30% and capture it more for them. 9% to 30% uh, why? Right. It was a life-saving drug, and they needed uh, to increase. They wanted to increase that. It was their largest product that they had at that point in time, and I believe they were just bought out, and now I believe it's their second uh, largest ge revenue-generating product. And so adding value and, uh, and providing that technical solution for them was, was one of the you know, crowning moments early on uh, you know, with Remtech and the Remtech career. I later went on to help them. Um, when you manufacture a medical device, there are components that are made at various locations sometimes and are brought together and assembled to be able to provide the final product. Uh, we actually focused in on one area of that. Uh, it took them from a uh, uh, very old, archaic process into a, a new, uh, it was a stepwise change, highly automated. Uh, it had in-process quality checks that were not present and resident with uh, the previous uh, generation of the of the uh, manufacturing operation and that was a big win because when we did all the testing put together the dossier and submitted that as what's called a prior approval submission with the FDA uh, received approval inside of uh, 22 or 24 days I, I forget. Wow that's impressive so that sounds like you being able to increase it sounds a lot of like industrially it, it almost ties in a lot of different areas whether it be mechanical engineering industrial engineering uh, What's your what's your degree? <laughs> well, I, uh, I I actually started out um, 
with a civil engineering degree. Okay. Uh, and then I got uh, my master's at Villanova, and, and that was in uh, environmental engineering and water resource management. And then from there, I actually, uh, um, prior to that, worked in the military. And in the okay. military, I was in the Corps of Engineers. So I had that okay. civil engineering background, that basis. And uh, as part of that experience, I learned a lot about communicating with people, leadership. I had 30-some people uh, as a lieutenant, uh, was deployed to Desert Storm, learned a lot about myself with those types of experiences early on. Uh, from that experience, then I came back and I got started in sales. Uh, that lasted about six months. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and uh, because it wasn't aligned with where I really wanted to head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm now a registered professional engineer in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. I'm a certified pharmaceutical industry professional. What's uh, that? Certification. That is a competency-based uh, certification that the uh, International Society of Pharmaceutical Engineers uh, used to have um, okay. back in the day. And it was uh, uh, seven pillars of knowledge that you had to demonstrate a level of competency in. And you took a test and, uh, and then got your designation after uh, you know, working uh, through the program itself. So uh, pretty proud of that one at this point. Uh, like I said, it's no longer offered, but it's something that we're still able to carry. Sure. As now, a, that's neat. Well, just in talking to you earlier, mm -hmm. you, you were saying that you had different pieces of experience. And just like Sean had said, you know, when Sean worked in, he worked at GSK. Then he went to a company that did manufacturing for the pharma mm -hmm. and his experience with the man with gsk helped, helped that him. and Correct. then he went to merck yeah. and just in what you were telling me there were you worked at wyeth which is now pfizer did mm -hmm. you were you there for the crossover yes yes you I were was, so you did that then you had what did you after that after wyeth yeah, you were a plant manager, right? That is correct. Well, after, after Wyeth uh, was purchased by Pfizer, I was there for several years, got a lot of great experience uh, working with some very, very talented people. Mm -hmm. Pfizer's got some great science, and I'm really pleased to see that they're one of the leading candidates right. with the co current COVID uh, vaccinations and whatnot. But then after working at Pfizer, uh, I was recruited and attracted to a company called Endo, uh, local to Malvern, Pennsylvania. Okay. And there I, I ran the uh, engineering uh, department for the generic business inside of Endo. And so I had the full control control of managing capital projects, maintenance, automation, EHS, and things, uh, you know, generally um, uh, reserved for that type of, of position. Uh, at one point in time, then, I was tapped on the shoulder and said, hey, we have, a, a, have an opening in our Charlotte facility, and I need somebody to carry the baton there for a while. So I actually was able to transition into operations, and that was a real treat. I really enjoyed working on the shop floor uh, because I had a lot of the background, you know, from an EHS perspective, sure. very safety conscious uh, uh, activities. I'd worked over in Ireland, uh, uh, moved my family over there, ran a two-year project, uh, and was able to integrate and understand understand how operations work, but I'd never really run operations at that point. So, um, so it was when great When you say experience. operations, you talk about you ran the plant. Manufacturing facility, that's correct. Ran the cool. plant, produced product, reported, had P&L responsibility. Mm -hmm. Excellent. So that is a tremendous amount of experience, and you have an different pieces of experience. You had the EHS experience, you had the experience in pharma, mm -hmm. really pulls it all together to do the plant manager. Now, at what point in time did you spin off to begin doing what you're doing now? 
Yes, well, it goes, it goes even a little bit beyond that because uh, uh, when I became a consultant after uh, working at Endo, uh, I was able to uh, get a job actually as a part-time, as an individual that was supporting, uh, you know, 503B Pharmacy. And there I had the ability to work in a network. Wait, and a 503B Pharmacy? 503B Pharmacy, that is a compounding where they take uh, prior approved drugs and, and you um, uh, dilute them or put them into different configurations and then sell them from there. So you're not really manufacturing, you're really, uh, you know, changing the format or changing the delivery. They service hospitals. And that was huh. enacted early on. Uh, you know, it's only, it's only a couple of years old at this point in time, but that was enacted early on along with the serialization regulations that were signed into effect at that point in time. I actually heard of compounding where they're literally able to right. take a piece of Viagra and a piece of Cialis and merge them together to create whatever that drug might be. Right. I'm surprised that they don't have problems with um, patents. Or, do you, or can you only do that... I know we're spinning off, but can you only do that with things that are off patent? No. Um, what you have to be careful of is there is a drug that has a presentation form in the same form of what you're trying to, uh, um, uh, and you are out of my area now, of course, so I may be speaking <laughs> a bit out of turn, but I do have some limited knowledge here uh, of, of the situation. Uh, you can combine products, but it has to be in a different uh, format. It has to be something that uh, is, is delivered in, in a way like you know, an IV bag or a syringe or something okay. like that. So you're, you're combining uh, those activities because you're, you're buying the drug. Right, right, so right. then you can you know use it and market it, and the FDA did that, of course, to be able to allow uh, you know another methodology or another pathway to be able to get life-saving drugs to the patients. All right, sorry, derailed you. So yeah. you you yeah. were at the that 503B pharmacy yeah. for a little while, yeah. and then what'd you do after that? And then I uh, well after that I got back into the consulting uh, activities and and been working with uh, various you know uh, clientele that we have uh, that, to again provide those technical services in the regulated environment and working in those probably those three areas that I mentioned before. So. so how do you find your clients, or well, do that's they a, find you? They, that's a great question. Um, we don't have much marketing. I was talking before the show to you here. This is the first time I've done something like this. <laughs> uh, I'm not that big on social media, although we do have a, a, a web, you know, website. We do have uh, a LinkedIn presence that we uh, yeah. utilize. But this is the first time I've done something like this. And largely, um, you know, my clients find me because yeah. I, I've, I've worked a lot in the industry. I'm very proud to have worked a lot in the industry. And I think it's a noble industry. And uh, it, um, you know, I just got a call the other day from somebody uh, that had referred us, you know, for some work uh, at one site where they need some EHS support. Well, having worked in the environmental in industry and knowing what's required for your environmental health and safety, having that individual, that team, team report into me as a, you know, uh, running the network as a plant manager and then being able to utilize my background, understanding, training, you know, we have the capability of being able right. to service bring, that Right. Well, you need. bring a lot of talents yeah. to the table. So... Again, I, yeah, it doesn't matter. I mean, I can't, like, who are your clients? I'm not asking, like, who sure. are your mm -hmm. clients, but who are your clients? Are, are they the mercs of this world, or are they... Um, like, like, what type of clients are your clients? Sure, that's a great question. Uh, we do operate in the, the branded, the larger uh, space, but predominantly our clients are in that uh, small to mid-size operations, and it's, it is in the pharmaceuticals where you're okay. looking at the RX, you know, prescription drug uh, arena, but also across uh, the oral solid, you know, the OTC, over-the-counter drugs, uh, you know, Tylenol, things like that that you buy off the counter, and, and some of the nutraceutical space, as well as working in nutraceutical? the Nutraceutical? Nutraceutical performance enhancements. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah okay. So we talk about that. Um, but also in the um, aseptic and sterile filling processing 
uh, you know, that's a big and up and coming market. What is right it? Now. Sterile filling and aseptic filling process. What in the world is that? That's an injection. Oh, well, it sounds you, like it for what is that? Like Botox? Good. Yeah. Well, it could be Botox. Yeah, something okay. like that. But uh, you know, the the, the uh, COVID vaccines, those okay. are considered sterile, uh, you know, injectables uh, in the marketplace. And of course, that's the one that the FDA has a very um, uh, significant concern because you're, you're bypassing, you know the normal uh, immune system in the body has when you ingest food that may not be uh, fully ripe or anything, your body has the acid to be able to break that down. But when you inject it directly into the body, it has a ability to provide much more of an impact if it's not Gets pure. there faster, that's exactly. for sure. Exactly, <laughs> yes, without a doubt. So, so here's a, I don't know if you know the answer to this because I'm trying to get my arms around it. Like mm -hmm. how many pharmaceutical companies are out there? I mean, you think oh. you get the Merck, you get the Pfizer's, but you referenced yeah. the middle size, small size, are there like thousands of them out there? Thousands. There yeah. really are. There really okay. are. Okay. Yes. And, and are range. we in a Mecca area for that? Because I know Johnson and John Merck's headquarters is right there. Is, is that their world headquarters in in Pennsylvania? I, I believe it's in New Jersey. I believe it's in White House, New Jersey. But the 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 engineering group, the global engineering group, is out of White uh, uh, West Point. West Point. Thank and you. And then yeah. Pfizer. Pfizer's was out of New York, and Pfizer has their technical operations headquarters, I believe, in PPAC. All right, but I thought Wyeth. Wasn't it, that Wyeth's? Wyeth's World Headquarters used to be in Madison, New Jersey, and it moved down to Collegeville. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yes. But I, I just, there's a lot of pharmaceuticals yes. in the Delaware Valley. That's correct. We are in the, the Northeast Corridor is known for its pharmaceutical presence. It is. There, absolutely. But there's, uh, you know, pharmaceuticals popping up all, all over the place now. Uh, you know, another hot spot, of course, is in the Raleigh Durham. You see Merck is there from yeah, last yeah, yeah. week, and that's where Sean operates out of. Uh, but, you know, of course, the West Coast has a big uh, presence for, uh, you know, sterile fill and, uh, operations, and, and uh, you know, because it's close to the tech centers that are there, because, you know, that's what we're all about, is deplying that science. Well, and, it's and, where all the people are. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, um, believe it or not, we're up on break already. Oh. So, uh, stay tuned. We'll be back with you in a few moments. Have you saved enough for retirement? Are you financially prepared for an emergency or unexpected event? Have you thought about your financial future? Hi, I'm Mike Menninger, founder of Menninger & Associates Financial Planning. For over 20 years, we have been answering our clients' questions just like these as we develop unique and comprehensive financial plans tailored to meet their needs. When addressing your financial plan, we incorporate your entire financial picture, including taxes, estate planning, as well as investment planning and retirement planning. So call us today for a complimentary no obligation consultation. A unique approach to financial planning. Welcome back to Financial Planning Explaining. I'm still here with Bob Matchy. Um, we derailed a little bit when we started going down the uh, uh, the pharmacies and stuff like that. But <laughs> hey, you know what? It, it's it a complex industry. It, it <laughs> your question. But you know, let's let's get back to Remtech. Um, how long you? How long has Remtech been there doing what you're doing now? When did you form that company? Sure. Um, actually, Remtech did start in 2009, but at that point in time, I had started it because. 
I was I was actually doing structural work for individuals. I okay. was I was providing you know uh, consultant services because of the professional engineering license, and it was actually more of a hobby. Uh, in 2016, we reorganized. At that point in time, uh, I have a partner, uh, John Hartwig, and right. he's uh, uh, he compliments me very well because I work with the upfront manufacturing aspects of the work. He's um, uh, automation packaging uh, expertise. Uh, and um, so Two we, very complimentary. Very complimentary. Now, he also has uh, you know, manufacturing uh, capability expertise, and of course, you know, I had packaging group reporting into me as part of some of the project management experience, or I should say the plant management experience that I had uh, previously. Um, but we provide, like I said, those technical solutions, uh, you're predominantly in that GMP environment for our pharmaceutical GMP? Uh, good manufacturing uh, practice. Oh, okay. You know? mm -hmm. okay. And that is the guidelines that the FDA has put out. But okay. it's generally known as, as the, uh, the regulations you know, across the board that regulators will come in and uh, audit you against and determine are you in compliance or not in compliance and why. And that's uh, an ever-growing field, and the compliance aspect of the industry is only getting tighter and tighter as we you know, I understand the understand. only, the mm -hmm. only, yeah, right, you know, the financial services and HIPAA are the two industries that yep. probably have that. We compete for having more compliance. Yes. Yep. <laughs> absolutely. That is absolutely correct. But you, that. you, you, by the sound of it, really know how to navigate him. You were talking about, you pulled something off at the FDA in 22 to 24 days or something like that, which sounds miraculous. Well, you, you say you, but I, you know, I was I was part of a team. Right, that's what I mean. Yeah, that actually did that. And, and you know, credit to the project manager, credit to the, the, the client, credit to uh, uh, you know the, the um, um, regulatory people inside organization that drove that uh, because that was that was fairly miraculous. That's not something that. Uh, you, you see every day, particularly for, you know, this was a, a sterile injectable product, uh, and um, it's something that, you know, we are pretty proud of. But it took a lot of work. It took a lot of understanding uh, the details. And that's what makes a successful project, having a very fixed uh, uh, view of where you're going and then managing the change as it goes along so if there's a clear understanding of what that impact is and making sure that that change is relatively understood you know through uh, you know the, uh, the the management chain it, it can be very very tough and in particular as, as clients are looking for you know greater value greater flexibility greater ability to to, to use and, and gain uh, you know uh, uh, competitive advantages for the facilities that they're building all while still making sure that it's it's safe it's compliant and it's going to you know, meet the intended outcome. Of course. Well, th those, that's an aspect of the overall project is the FDA. Your EHS experience, is that something that you just find that adds to it or do companies actually hire you for the EHS? We, we do both. We do both. Um, you know, just before this, I got a call from one of my mentors who I've been staying in contact with uh, for several years, several decades now, and uh, he asked, you know, hey, do you have someone that can help us out looking at a process hazardous analysis on this particular operation? Uh, and, and yes, we do. We have people that have uh, um, you know, worked in pharma companies, have had these types of systems uh, that they had to make sure were safe, and, uh, and that is a big part. When I talk to project teams, you know, the first thing I say is, and, and you know, as a plant manager, when I first stand up in front of people, I say, listen, my priorities in this order are your safety. I want you to come go home the way you came to work. Right. I think that's very important. Uh, but then the next thing I say is, and followed right behind that, very close to that, is quality. And quality is, 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 is meeting requirements, but is in the context of 
safety of the patients and the Correct. patient safety. You know, we, uh, and then, of course, we talk about the delivery and making sure that we commit to delivery, we deliver on time, and, of course, the cost has to be there to, to round it all out. Of course. But those are the general principles that, that I lay out there because, I, you know, it's, it's important to establish what the priorities are and, and uh, making sure that everybody understands and rallies behind what that project is to do. But setting, you know, safety up in front as a value is one of the first things. It then becomes execution, delivery, cost. Things okay. Like so do you find that you work on one big project at a time or a multitude of little projects at a time? What, what do you find happens yes. with you? <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> yes, so we, uh, uh, we have a number of projects where we have people that are embedded right now in helping, like I said, there's, uh, we have one client that uh, um, we're improving their compliance position at this point in time. We're helping them look at their SOPs, whether their method development, their lab operations. Uh, we've done a number of projects with them. My partner actually installed a new packaging line uh, you know, for them, as well as uh, you know, provided them with health hazard assessment. Um, so we provided a very broad range of uh, um, services to them that we're, we're very proud of, uh, the capability to do that, but it's because of the networks that we've built. We don't necessarily have all of those capabilities in-house because some of them are very special. You need a medical doctor, a toxicologist to uh, you know, a health hazard assessment. We have those contacts to be able to bring those to bear to be able to provide that value to the client at the end of the day. And so they see us as solution providers for yeah. them that allow them to contact us and say, hey, can you help me with this? What's the regulation around that? Uh, so those are small projects that we kind of work towards. When you install a, a new capability inside a facility, then you're talking a larger project because that needs to be planned. It needs to be programmed. You understand what your outcome is and what the potential future you know, build out might be uh, looking down the road. And that's all crystal ball stuff. And that all takes you know, alignment because you're going to have people that are looking at it from the perspective of, well, I want to use it for development purposes, or perhaps I want to use it for manufacturing purposes, or it's going to support the growth of the product, or it's going to provide a, a mechanism to allow to optimize the existing products that we have uh, in the network right now. So those are all things that need to be defined and determined up front uh, because invariably, uh, you know, as things change, and they will because business change, it's not a static object. You need to be in a position where you can make those changes uh, in a controlled fashion. Of course. Well, you know, consulting, and, and I, I was in consulting the first 12 years mm -hmm. of my career, environmental engineering, and... One of the things I've come to the realization is the value of a consultant is more than you know because I know that I'm not good at certain things. You hire somebody who is good at it because quite frankly, they're gonna get it done faster and cheaper than I would. Mm. In other words, stay in your lane. Right. And I learn <laughs> and understand, if you think about it, I'm a consultant as a financial planner. Accountants are consultants. And you know, mm -hmm. almost amazing how many people that you deal with on a daily basis is a consultant. So clearly that's the value that you're bringing to the table. And I can see just in our discussion here today and before the show, the value you bring because you have such a plethora of experience. You know, your time at the GSK, I'm sorry, yeah. the, the Wyeth, mm -hmm. um, the plant manager, your EHS, your time with the Corps of Engineers, it's just remarkable all the different things you bring to the table. And I just think that's excellent. Now, you had even said that you worked with Sean and that you hired Yonkers, which <laughs> means that you guys were effectively serving as the project manager for a 
substantially larger project, weren't you? That is correct. Yeah, I was, I was for a time in Pfizer, I was working down in Puerto Rico, and they had several facilities down there, uh, one of which they were closing, and they were transferring products from one location to another, and I was actively engaged uh, in, in a number of those activities, and that's where we interviewed several firms, uh, you know, for the, the handful of projects that we had, and, and Sean and his firm eventually came out on top for, uh, you know, one of the works, one of the uh, projects that we had down in Barcelona. So it was an opportunity, yeah. uh, you know, to be able to, to, to work with him uh, that was nice. Do you still do that type of thing with Remtech? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, we do partner with uh, you know various uh, organizations, and uh, and that's what I'm saying. You know, I, yes, I have a varied background, but you know, it's really the strength and the skill of the team, of course, that you bring together to be able to you know solve the need, and, and that's you know speed to market is is everything in the pharmaceutical industry. You know, we're, oh, I often course. look at what we do as a necessary evil because we're, we're spending money, but at the end of the day, you're gaining that value, and and to make sure that you get there as, as quickly as possible with the least. Um, uh, amount of uh, um, uh, investment necessary to be able to have a great a flexible facility. I'm working on one project right now where they're, they're putting a totally new uh, delivery, um, a new product into the facility and it's it's got some uh, uh, potent aspects associated with it. They hadn't done something like that before. What do you mean by that? Well, it's, it's something that a very small amount has a pharmacological effect. So if you get a whiff or something like that, you may have a reaction to that particular uh, product that is being manufactured. So so obviously what's very key there is making sure that the worker is protected of course in that environment so we uh, you know I was brought in to look at how that facility was laid out uh, and had some immediate changes which were of value add because I, I was very involved in, in an organization called the International Society of Pharmaceutical Engineers and I got to work with some very talented people that developed this oral solid dose manufacturing uh, baseline guideline it was called and I Wrote, co-wrote with some very uh, uh, knowledgeable people from AstraZeneca and Sanofi, uh, the section around um, managing potent compounds. So I was very intimate with the knowledge of how to, you know, make sure that you're able to manufacture because it's not just, um, you know, the equipment operation, but when in a contained environment, but you've got to sample, you've got to take data, you've got to maintain uh, all of those things that, you know, Sean talked about last week, uh, that having that experience and working in that environment and knowing the impact of decisions that are being made now and programming that into the engineered solution gives you a much better chance of success in driving revenue output capability at the back end of the project. Of course. Well, if you go back to the QAQC part, is it's important that the output meets certain specifications yes. because if not, it, the company is not making money throwing batches out. That's correct. Yeah, so absolutely. what do they do when they throw a batch out? Do they grind it up and put it back into their original, or do they literally just throw it away? Well, no, the, you know, you don't literally throw it away. Most, most of it gets incinerated. But it's right. But it doesn't get ground up into its original components. No, 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 no. That would be reprocessing, and uh, you have to have procedures around that that allow you to, to do something along those lines. But generally, reprocessing material is not done in the pharmaceutical industry. It's it's not. that That's like testing quality into your product. Though, if it doesn't pass, yeah, right. that was the big bar laboratories lawsuit that actually formulated much of the basis of the law around how pharmaceuticals uh, you know, govern and operate what they're able to put onto the marketplace. And that was simply around the fact that they kept testing and testing. Oh, it passed. Well, we can release now. Yeah. And that was what was So in our in. closing minute, 
Tell me what you think is the coolest thing that you've ever encountered or did, or oh. <laughs> if, if there's one minute that could be. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I tell you, some of the stuff that's coming to, to, to fruition these days with uh, um, uh, you know, shirt sleeve manufacturing and, and with uh, uh, you know, single, single processing and, and being able to push a button, have a tablet come out the other end, the automation, the, the internet of things, the, the, the in-processing capability for defining how your product is coming out and looking at the, uh, you know, how the, the, the quality is being measured and then being able to react real time for real time release activities, it's astounding. It's astounding, and you know the amount of data and information, uh, and coupling that aspect of it with how's your facility operating right now? Am I using too much utility? Uh, yeah, okay. I didn't even so, think yeah. about that as another yeah, added layer. Uh, uh, yeah, and and you know what, uh, looking at it from the perspective of analyzing you know, the maintenance of your operations, am I getting the most value? Am I having you know the uptime that I need? If I'm not, what's causing that activity? Am I over calibrating this particular device? Uh, can I go for less calibration because you know what I find every time I calibrate? It's in calibration, so why calibrate four times a year? Maybe I can ratchet that back to six months a year. And right. all of that has, um, when you're when you're talking about um, you know cost of goods, and you're talking about patient access, and you're talking about you know lower costs so that those patients can have access, all that goes into that equation. It, go, it also comes down to the bottom line. That's it. That's Without exactly it. That's what I'm saying. If you can produce a lower cost drug, then that directly translates to patient access. Patient access directly translates to a healthier world. Yep. Well, that's good. Well, thank you very much, Bob. I'd like to take a moment. I want you to look in the camera and tell people how they can get a hold of you. Certainly. Um, you can reach us best. Uh, my email is, is rmatchy at remtechllc.com. Uh, we do have a web website. It's www.remtechllc.com. Well, Bob, thank you very much. I appreciate you coming. Thanks for your time. Uh, thank you very much for joining us this week. Uh, we hope you had a, a pleasure learning a lot about what Bob does as a as a uh, consultant to the pharmaceutical industry. They bring, it sounds like a tremendous amount of value to the table in an area that I have to be honest with you, I'm not extremely knowledgeable about. So some of the things that he said went right over my head, but it's all good. Um, sounds like me with my financial planning. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much for joining us this week. And uh, we look forward to, to seeing you next week. Have a great week, everyone.